It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. So we listen to the president today. Significant speech on inflation. So what will the Republican response be to President Biden's speech? Uh, interesting, the Republicans uh, did a little bit of uh, a pre-buttle, <laughs> I think, to the president. I think anticipating where the president was going to go. There's been a number of Republican uh, members of the House and the Senate who have spoken out on the economy, on inflation, and the administration's inaction early uh, and counterproductive action uh, during the course of the last year uh, to lay that out. So we want to go through that side of the equation. We laid out the president's case and, and how he was trying to address that today. So I want to start with uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who's been on this program. Uh, he was on Fox News last week, and he actually outlined some interesting things in terms of where he thinks President Biden is missing the mark uh, when it comes to a specific plan to deal with inflation uh, and deal with uh, businesses in particular. Take a listen. Democrats who believe that more money from the government is a solution to an already hot economy, that is antithetical to reality. He also, of course, President Biden said he wants to reduce costs for companies by raising wages. In other words, he doesn't understand the private sector. So we need to make sure that we focus on solutions, not things that only exacerbates the situation. So, again, that's uh, Senator Tim Scott, and uh, he actually said this before the president spoke. So this was from a couple of days ago, uh, but it definitely could have been delivered as a uh, direct response uh, to what the president had to say today. Uh, Senator Scott also talked about where he thinks the administration is getting it wrong when it comes to energy and fiscal policies. Why not restart our own energy economy, creating six-figure jobs here at home? Why not continue the conversation around the Keystone XL pipeline? Why not have the PPE coming back home? Why not use opportunity zones to attract insourcing back into America? Well uh, so I think those are some important things that, again, the president didn't include in his speech today. And uh, the president did mention some things about uh, green energy and uh, moving that direction. And, and that's fine. I think that's, uh, that's all good. That's not going to change anything in the short term. Uh, as those costs continue to, to rise, uh, we're, we're still going to use those fuels. And rather than doing where we've been over the course of the last year, which is recognizing uh, we're, we're not energy independent as we were before the president took office, uh, and suddenly we're asking uh, people from parts of the world where they're not producing it in any kind of clean or green way and bring it in. And we're being dependent on some people who are, are not the best actors on the world stage. So why not have that conversation? Can we can we not have an and conversation uh, when it comes to energy, to natural resources, energy production and taking care of the environment? I think we can and it's going to require leadership 
to actually get that done, to create space for that conversation to happen and to ensure that the right people engage. That takes leadership. Uh, we, we hear so much of the back and forth and the, the political banter and the shouting of talking points and the demonization of the other side of wherever you fall on the spectrum when it comes to energy, natural resources, and the environment. And we just need some leadership. And both sides have opportunities to step up and lead and show the American people that we can do this and we can do it better than anybody on the planet. Uh, and so let's do that. Let's prove that out. Now, Senator Scott went on to talk about how the Fed is doing, uh, trying to rein in inflation, because that is top of mind for everyone. Again, this was Senator Scott before the president delivered his address today. The increase in the interest rates will slow it down, but I don't think it's going to stop it because it's too little too late. The Fed does not have enough tools in the toolkit for the economy that we have today, especially since, as you know, Neil, our unemployment rates are already significantly lower than is normal in this kind of environment. Our labor force participation rate is not actually increasing. That combination is very concerning. And so that balance and looking at it from a standpoint of, uh, yes, uh, you know, the, the jobless rate is low, uh, jobs are increasing and wages are increasing. Those are all good signs, uh, but they're clearly not keeping up with the pace of inflation. And we have to really think through what does that mean? What does that mean around a kitchen table somewhere in this country, somewhere outside of Washington, D.C.? What are people actually feeling and what does that mean Uh, so finally senator scott outlined in in pretty specific and vivid terms what inflation does mean at those kitchen tables around the country that means that the average person in our country is experiencing an invisible tax that is eroding their spending power. That means our seniors who are on fixed income have to find a way to ration either their health care, their medicine, their energy, or food. It means that people who are growing up in households like the one I grew up in, they're now having to make harder decisions than they've ever had to make. That's wrong. So really interesting. Uh, President Biden uh evoked today his upbringing and how any increase in gas prices or grocery prices were real conversations around his growing up years, around his kitchen table and his family uh, as they tried to work through those things. Senator Scott uh, evoking those same kinds of images from his experience growing up in South Carolina uh, and those same kinds of things that look, these are impacting real people in a real way. And, and I think the thing that gets lost in all of this, we, we can tout uh, jobs, we can tout increased wages. But if inflation just keeps chewing all of that up, uh, Senator Scott's got it right. That's going to impact our seniors who are on fixed incomes. That's going to impact the poor. And that's going to impact the most vulnerable among us the most. And so we have to make sure that we're getting to the kinds of policies that are going to make a difference in that space. And far too often we get far too content to watch politicians from both sides just make the political case. To just demonize the other side that they're going to push grandma off the cliff or they're going to take away your social security or or whatever it may be. They don't care about the environment. They're going to burn the place down. 
Uh, all of that kind of rhetoric demonization prevents us and keeps us a safe distance away from having the real conversation, the right conversation, the policy conversation. And I know most of us don't get up in the morning and think, you know what I really want to talk about today is good public policy. I don't think a whole lot of us think about that as we roll out of bed in the morning. But that's what really matters. We, we get so riled up about the politics of it all and the winning and losing of it all, the zero-sum game of it all. Uh, those that are convinced and convincing us that if the Democrats don't stay in control, it's the end of the country as we know it. Or if Republicans are shouting that, you know, the Democrats are going to have us to socialism by 2023. Uh, none of that's helpful. Uh, and none of it gets to the real issues. In fact, it prevents us from getting to the real issues, uh, which is why trust is such an important component to our constitutional republic. Uh, I've said this before, and we're going to come back to this at uh, at 2.50 today, that we have stress tested this democracy, this constitutional republic of ours under all kinds of circumstances from civil war to world war to pandemic to economic crisis and we've proven it out that it can survive we have not tested this country in the absence of trust and that's where we got to get the conversation to all right we're going to step aside for some bottom of the hour news what should you do to prepare for a cyber attack Next in our weekly Be Ready Utah series, we're going to talk to cybersecurity expert and CodeFresh co-founder Dan Garfield about what you can do today to be prepared in the cyberspace. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.